chilliest of greetings to you, and welcome to Happily Ever Teaching! <laughs> this is the podcast to help you enthrall your learners in every subject under the sun using the best teaching method known to science, storytelling. To do this, we feature special guest educators who are passionately keen to empower your children. I am storyteller Chip Cahoon, and with me today is... Hi, I'm Abby, and I work for Festival Bridge as Education Programme Manager, and I used to be a primary school teacher in early years in Key Stage 1. Hi, I'm Rob, I work in Key Stage 2 in a school in Buckinghamshire near Milton Keynes. And today we are exploring what maths we can teach with a spine-tingling story from Scotland. You can listen to the story by downloading our sister podcast, Fables and Fairy Tales, or search our website, epictales.co.uk, for Scottish Skeleton. That's not the title of the story, by the way, that's just the easiest way to find it. There you'll find a video of me telling the story that you can share with your children, and if you're an epic educator, as of 14th of October 2022, you'll also get the story as a paperback, eerily illustrated by Corky Paul, no stranger to spooky tales himself, in time for you to use for Halloween 2022. Don't worry if you missed that, though, as you can also order the book from any bookshop, including Amazon, and Epic Educators can access the ebook and full audiobook through the Epic Tales app. In fact, I'd like to take a moment to thank everyone who's signed up to be an Epic Educator so far, because by doing so, you are also supporting this podcast so we can keep sharing these off-the-shelf lesson ideas every week. Right now, though, let's continue our discussion with Abby, Rob, the laddie, and cool Johnny. We are starting to explore the numeracy in this story. And one of the questions that I always put to young learners when I'm sharing this story with them is how many bones there are in your leg. Um, and I've had answers all the way from one <laughs> to several hundred. <laughs> so there's definitely opportunity there. But um, Abby, we'll start with ages four to seven. What was the numeracy you found in this tale? Well, I think that your one's a much more positive way to, to start by counting bones. <laughs> Unfortunately, I went for something a little bit more reflective of the times we're living in and I have oh. gone for a reflection on the cost of living. Uh, okay. There is a social implication here so that you can delicately draw on the fact that you will have young people really struggling, you'll have pupils in receipt of pupil premium funding. But I was really thinking about the moment in the story where the aunt and uncle were saying, oh, we don't want to have Laddie come and live with us. He's going to cost us a fortune. So it's really mm. the cost of that individual loaf of bread. And this is a real life problem solving moment in maths. So you mm. can get hold of real information from various supermarkets and local shops to say with a specific loaf of bread how much does it cost if you're moving into key stage two you can do this in percentages which rob would would pick up on but this is much more about using the cost and money so how much money is it making sure that they understand which different right. coins go together to create that how they would be able to afford it helping them work out mm. which loaf is the cheapest which shop would we go to because this loaf costs less than the other and working out that difference between them so some real world problem solving there yeah. about the cost of a loaf of bread you could maybe go into that a little bit more if you like and start 
exploring the cost of transport as well because the bread might be cheaper in one shop than mm. another but if that shop is further away what implication is that going to have you're either going to need to spend something on transport or you're yeah. going to need to buy more bread because you'll need more energy yeah. so uh, many of the schools in norfolk where i taught are mixed year groups just because that's how the catchments go because they're rurally located yeah so where you've actually got sometimes three year groups in a class you've got potential there for some real extension and uh, mm. activities haven't you where you you might set the same task and say we're going to study this loaf of bread and my differentiation is this group are going to look at the difference but actually this group are going to look at well this is how much a tank of fuel costs yeah looking at mileage and things like that depending on how you can set that task up like you said to yes. to make the travel I guess to keep it in the world of the story, you'd maybe be talking um, the hay that your horse is going to eat or something like that, which some of our other regular podcast contributors would be able to <laughs> comment on, I'm sure. When is the story set? Because it doesn't doesn't actually say does it and to be honest i i like to leave that ambiguous because it is a scottish tradition so pauline tells me and that means that it, it should be still going on now there aren't that many time indicators for it so yeah i think you could set it anywhere i guess on rob's point what you could do is do some studies of coinage yes yeah. going back over time how the size of english coins has changed and you could get some real coins and and say you know this isn't the size it always was it isn't the color it always was and discussion around coins around the world and bring that in as well I also like the idea of making this extra relevant for your young learners by, like you said, for this is probably a, something that you'd use with ages seven plus, but trying to think of the percentages and the ratios involved. So if you look at the cost of a loaf of bread, what is that as a percentage of, say, an Xbox or um, <laughs> some other computer games console or, or maybe just a, a, a computer game? Because, yeah, if they start to realize that one video game is going to stop them being able to have so many loaves of bread that might really be eye-opening for them just thinking about money another activity you could do with your younger learners is kind of building it into exploring your community as well and say here's some scottish money try and spend it in a shop <laughs> <laughs> you should be able to do that it's interesting, I, well, though. you can but the amount of times that it's looked at and it's like, oh, there is that. Yep. <laughs> Does that come from a game, is it a board game? Is <laughs> but you've got some nice progression there because I think reception year one, you'll be really getting those concrete foundations of English coinage. Mm. You know, you've got your numbers down, okay, but coins go in one, two, five, ten, and that's a bit alien. And why don't they just have a coin for three pence and seven mm. pence? So Good once point. you've got that under wraps and you, you looked at that, it's then making sure that you can introduce other coins because they've got that confidence about what English coins are. Because I think if you throw in mm. euros and, and all other types of coinage, then if they don't have a really good grounding, it would be one of those really good test moments to just check they've got that really firm understanding of the coins that they can use in the local shop. Certainly. So is that something that you would adapt for your own purposes, Rob, for ages 7 to 11? Having listened to Abby talking about it, yes, you could definitely start looking at how much the different things cost and relating it to even how much it costs today 
a loaf of bread mm. and how much did it cost then? What fraction of the cost is it? And then you can include fractions, decimals, percentages. You could start looking at it as part of your budget. And they don't want to spend much, but what is their budget? How much have they got mm. left? And then using numbers which are two decimal places to add and subtract as well comes into your maths curriculum at Key Stage 2. Mm-hmm. The idea I came up with was, again, to do with the soup. I was thinking about food a lot when I was this. <laughs> and it was It's that pumpkin tie. It's it, just it uh, is. It's <laughs> going to leave you perpetually hungry. Yeah, yeah. But thinking about the ingredients that you'd have and then converting the weight between not only kilograms and grams, but also as you go further up the curriculum, you start looking at conversing between metric and imperial, so grams to ounces. Mm. So working through, if you've got 100 grams of gravestone, what's that in? ounces mm-hmm. for example so just build up some maths problems around that and i guess you could use some word problems around it if this is the weight of all of the ingredients what's the total weight and then what percentage of the weight is made up of old boots if you're using your recipes that you've created uh, <laughs> I <gonna> yesterday say. <laughs> yeah <laughs> with your older children the, the ages maybe nine to eleven could you also look at converting the weight of the food into something like kilojoules or calories because i think the uh, conversions are something like uh, one gram of sugar equals four calories one gram of fat equals seven calories it's something like that isn't it i think yeah probably with yeah nine to eleven year olds i mean you could do it with your younger children your kind of seven to nine year olds as well if you simplified the numbers so again it's that differentiation mm. if everything was 100 grams or 10 grams or multiples of then you could quite easily do that with your younger children especially as learning yes. times tables is becoming more and more a part of the curriculum but yeah if you had say 125 grams of gravestone and you wanted to know how much fat was in that and it's seven grams <laughs> then that would be definitely towards the upper end of the age brackets it's like the idea of uh, trying to find out how much energy you could get from eating your boots yeah. <laughs> or your boots up in a broth <laughs> they'd be good for your stamina wouldn't they you get lots of protein probably plenty of fiber too yes <laughs> That's all we have time for in this episode, folks. If you'd like to talk to us about anything you've heard in this podcast, or if there's a subject you are soon to teach that you'd like us to cover, you can find us on social media using at Teach Happily, or leave us a review using your favorite podcast app. Please also share this podcast with your colleagues and help us start a story-led revolution in classrooms around the world, so children everywhere can learn in a way that's effective, memorable, and enjoyable all at the same time. Tomorrow, call Johnny and the laddie will help us teach science. But right now, it only remains for us to say cheerio, and we hope to hear your story soon. So, cheerio! And we hope to hear your story soon! soon.